0: folks, and welcome to Digital Health Unfiltered, our weekly look at the cutting edge of health IT. With me today is Natalia, Tiffany, and Sadipto. And the topic is Neuralink, the tech and the company founded four years ago now by Elon Musk. They were in the news again recently for their streaming video demo. It's a long uh, YouTube video that had pigs that actually have the Neuralink implant. And the joke is they're not cyborgs, they're pork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. Uh, anyway, Musk is a kind of uh, 21st century showman, very technically savvy, a little bit awkward in his delivery, makes some unsubstantiated claims. Um, but it's important to remember he also has deep pockets and a track record of playing the long game. And, uh, you know, he certainly has a track record uh, with Tesla and SpaceX of actually uh, achieving some remarkable things. So maybe it's tempting to think that this is like an early glimpse with Neuralink at like a portable capable brain computer interface that can do all sorts of stuff. What do you folks think?
1: I have many thoughts about this in general. It's very exciting to think about all the possibilities. You can suddenly have all these added features to your everyday life, like recording images, um, recording memories, at least those that you want to keep. Um, and, that same feature could also help improve safety and reduce crime if things can be recorded. Um, or if if you're having a health issue and it can call an ambulance for you based on whatever's going on in your body that it senses. And the very reason that we hear, obviously, is all the possible neurological and medical improvements that having something like that can bring. And also from the cool techie aspect of things, um, maybe people will be able to interface with their technology tools or have virtual reality experiences inside your mind um, or improve your cognitive abilities in one fashion or another. So the possibilities really are endless. It's exciting,
2: though very far-fetched. Yeah, definitely. It seems like the possibilities are endless. Um, But... We know this kind of technology already exists in like neural implants, like deep brain simulation, which is pretty much a last resort surgery that implants a device that sends electrical signals to the brain uh, to treat medical conditions such as Parkinson's or other movement problems. Um, Also they explained that their technology has similarities to features Um, found in current wearables, uh, as well as those same sensors that are in these devices. So I can completely understand making them smaller, more effective and less painful and less intrusive, but solving complex neurological problems spanning from addiction, depression and memory loss to brain damage and blindness with the same device is a bit outlandish. We're no longer talking about a technology problem here. And in true Musk fashion, it's a mystery exactly how he will do these things.
0: Yeah, these are good points uh, you're making. And uh, you're right. A lot of the technology already exists in some form already. It's just bulkier. It's not portable. It's not durable uh, or easy to just try if you don't have like a desperate medical issue. Um, But uh, I got to think one other you know, uh, key point here is that in addition to the pie in the sky applications already uh, we mentioned, could be a, a big boon to research as well. Um, just like we're engaged in all these remote patient monitoring tools, like to look at vital signs, and we're hoping that we'll be able to detect, uh, you know, exacerbations of chronic disease and intervene on them before they become uh, problematic. Um, you, you can imagine that if there's a lot of people wearing these brain-computer interfaces, these implants, you could start to maybe uh, detect uh, risk factors for an impending seizure or maybe early signs of depression while it's uh, still more uh, susceptible to treatment. So, you know, you, you could imagine that some of these things he's talking about, like just just getting the technology out there could help with uh, with solving these problems.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, and if you keep all the buzz aside and the fact that, you know, this maybe a little far from reality, I love the idea. It's just pretty awesome. You know. I mean, if you think about it, we have used external devices to enhance our capabilities for a long time. And this, Neuralink, just promises to be like internal to us. So you know, it's not so much different than, say, a calculator, just inside our brains. Um, or in a more healthcare setting, a pacemaker that allows us to do things that we naturally, our bodies would not allow us to do. You know, Tiffany mentioned earlier the deep brain stimulation DBS work, and you know we work with that within our hospital environment for a long time. So technically speaking, this is not that far fetched. Now, if a, a quick Google search will tell you that there are side effects of uh, deep brain stimulation, seizures, infections, headaches, and even bleeding for that matter. Uh, and I know that I'm on a tangent here, but I'll get to my point, which is that DBS was originally conceived uh, around 1980 by Dr. Alim. Bin Abed. and um, it was, and by some accounts, it was even explored as early as 1950 by a psychiatrist by the name of Robert G. Heat. So you know that's a long enough timeline for things to go from concept to reality. And I'm not sure if Elon Musk and his company had that kind of a patience as they're looking at these sort of um, consumer type of devices. Plus, I don't know if he can solve it just by hiring good data scientists, you know, uh, and not without real doctors, clinical trials, and so on but cool idea.
2: Yeah, I'm actually very interested in how he'll convince people to try this out. Um, People already have a fear of artificial intelligence taking over. Will they really be open to merging the human brain with AI? Is it even ethical? Could you imagine being able to download skills into your brain or save and replay memories? I have so many questions. Uh, I (laughs) know. (laughs) What about privacy violations? We go above and beyond to protect medical data. We'll have to consider how this will be done uh, when we have access directly to the brains of these patients.
3: I completely agree with you, uh, Tiffany. You know, I just remember how much trouble um, the uh, regulatory bodies had when Oscar Pistorius tried to run with artificial limbs, you know, and that was like limbs that people can imagine and sort of, you know, see. So just imagine what would happen if like future chess grandmasters had a neural link attached to them to remember past matches. So completely agree that the ethical concerns are, 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 are big.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm also interested in like what's going to come first? Is it is it going to be you know medical applications for for patients that have run out of options, or is it going to be like there is this uh, body hacker community, transhumanist community? They're walking around today with uh, implanted NFC chips or RFID tags. They're waving their hand instead of waving their phone to get into. Buildings or unlock their cars or something like that. Uh, there's other ones that are like you know you put on these special glasses and it'll you know start playing music in your ear based on the kind of things you're looking at. Uh, some people like it or, or claim it helps them uh, you know do special things. But um, I can imagine that they this community will be really drawn to Neuralink and, and similar kind of devices. Um, Neuralink says for their part that they are planning to go the medical route first, but I really wonder.
1: I actually think the exact opposite. I I think because of the fact that it's so invasive, I think it's going to be the medical community that gets it first. I mean, who knows, maybe there's some small population of these body modifiers that you mentioned that want to try this, but the risk might be a little high at first. So I can imagine it will start with the medical community for those that actually really need the device. And then it will go expand to the regular commercial buyers. And part of the reason I think that is, I mean, if you even just think about a smartwatch, I'm sure there are people out there like myself who thought when it first came out, why am I going to get this thing when it only has one functional app on it? Let me wait until it has maybe 20 apps that are actually useful for me. Otherwise, there's no point in getting this. Now just multiply that by the factor of inserting something into your actual brain. Um, That's pretty extreme for something that doesn't provide you a lot of functionality that you find useful. So I think they'll need to get to the point where it does so much that it provides enough value to the consumer that it's worth the risk Um, but I'm hoping that by that time they're providing that value there's been so much usage in the medical community that's already been proven fairly safe Um, but before they can even get there there's still so much to learn about the brain Um, and I think that's why Elon Musk couldn't provide an actual timeline for his projects but right now there's so many mysteries surrounding the brain as big of a mystery as Elon Musk himself um, We don't know very much about it. So what these implants will probably first be used for is to actually study the brain to see what brain signals are firing off based on certain conditions or not. So first they're going to have to understand that. And then learn how to apply treatments to these things. So I think it's pretty far away. Many, many, many clinical trials will be required in order to actually be able to have medical applications, let alone fun applications like taking pictures with your brain, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we're, we're going to be seeing this medical use first, and that will take quite some time. However, these possibilities are all very exciting, and they're... They can really make a huge impact on society and life as we know it, but still uh, very far away. I think to get there. Well,
0: yeah, you might be right. I, I just, I, I I've seen, you know, the, the kind of uh, under the like. Under the table, kind of Botox or uh, plastic surgery done in like medical tourism and stuff. And if you if you have some really desperate patients and you have some really curious patients that uh, aren't afraid of some risk, and if the technology does come far enough along and it does seem safe in other applications, you might start to get some consumer uh, applications that are more widespread than the medical ones. But yeah, it's it is uh, it's so far off that it's hard to say. I, I do want to mention though that there are these things like. Transcranial magnetic stimulation caps, and even like uh, electroshock therapy, which is an enormously effective. uh, If uh, I mean, it it has some side effects, but it it is uh, an amazing uh, uh, and and safe, uh, generally effective procedure for depression. And these don't involve any, uh, you know, implants or anything like that. So you could imagine maybe a version of Neuralink that doesn't uh, doesn't require drilling holes. But um, but yeah, we'll see how it shakes out.
2: Yeah, I absolutely don't doubt Elon Musk can get the right people together to figure this out. But I do believe we're many years away um, and it's not a matter of if at this point, it's a matter of when.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and we're all a bunch of geeks and nerds that get excited about new ideas in healthcare, you know, and to pair that up with the fact that Elon Musk has spurred innovation through various pursuits that he has undertaken. I mean, electronic electronic cars would not be as mainstream as they are right now, if it weren't for him, uh, to be speaking frankly. And I really hope that this kind of spurs more research in neurological areas, like who doesn't want to find a cure for blindness, depression, cognitive decline, and so on. So I hope that something comes out of it.
0: Well, okay, then. Prediction time. Um, for the 10 year anniversary of this podcast. It's 2030. Uh, do you think Neuralink uh, is a medical device company that is you know, open for business and patients can get referred there and get their implants?
1: I'm going to say that in 10 years, it's medical, available for medical use, um, not yet for commercial use, but I think it'd be possible for, for medical use.
0: Any other takers?
2: I think they'll uh, be starting human trials in ten years.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, as much as it's exciting, I think you know the the, the flow that we've seen, the the, the implants, the uh, how things have grown in the past with uh, such clinical issues. I think it's far from reality. I think you know we're at least thirty to fifty years away from um, from, from anything coming out of this, but. Um, I, I do feel that there is an opportunity for you know something else to be highlighted and spurred from an innovation perspective. I mean, we all remember the ice bucket challenge. You know, as silly as it was, and you know, Elon Musk can be silly in his ways of uh, you know talking about things and you know parading pigs on, on on the stage. But the the ice bucket challenge highlighted ALS, and a lot of people and money was not being devoted to it, but it did after that. And I think maybe something good comes out of it. Like people do think about blindness and depression and cognitive decline and say, you know, maybe there are other ways that we can sort of help that community and people who sort of suffer. So maybe end on that hopeful note, and hopefully, uh, you know, Elon Musk succeeds, or if not, he spurs 50 other companies that cure so many other ailments out, out there.